me on a roll. I'm talking over you already. This is going great. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 138 of the Between You and Me podcast. This is the place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in the church. My name is Jessica Morris. I am an Australian music journalist, and contrary to what you might think, I record that introduction new every single time. Last week, we had the incredible privilege of chatting with Tim Menzies, one of like the biggest country music songwriters slash became a Christian artist um, in the industry. Not something I ever anticipated. Like I've said, country music is not something I know much about. And yet I learned so much from Tim. So I want to say thank you for listening, for enjoying that episode, for reaching out to him. His new album, like I said last week, his new album you remind me, is actually out today. It's the 3rd of March. Um, so we released we released the episode a week early to give you time to pre-order and enjoy those tunes. But if you haven't picked it up today, go and do it. We also have a ton of friends who have recently released new music. Now, I want to try and list a few off, but I know I'm going to forget them. So before I do that, I would like to tell you that Between You and Me has a monthly newsletter. And if you go to our website right now, betweenyouandmepod.com, and hit sign up, you can actually get that newsletter, which includes our latest episodes, the latest releases from our friends, some favorite tracks of the month, good fun things. We promise not to spam you. I know there is nothing worse than getting email spam because even if you care about it the first chance, then you just have to delete it to make room, right? No, we're just going to email you once a month and it's going to be the latest updates. Some of it you may have missed on social media. Some of it will be special just for you. But all that to say, we have a bunch of friends who release new music. You can find them listed and a playlist of them in our newsletter. So go sign up for that now at betweenyouandmepod.com. I'll also put a link in our bio um, in the show notes and on our social media bio. So you can do that. But it's been a great week for new releases. Tim Menzies, uh, Citizens released their album. I Can't Find the Edges of You. Uh, Our friend Rachel Lamper released a new single, The Wild Ones, uh, which was cool because we talked to her like two, three years ago now and she mentioned working on that project. So it's very exciting to see that come to fruition. There's just a lot of new music out there at the moment, which is great, but it does mean that I'm constantly now playing new music. I literally have started a playlist of new releases and I listen to a couple of tracks and I'm like, yep, like it, keep listening or just spin to the next one, delete and keep going through just to try and stay up to date. There is so much going on. Today, I'm going to give you another new release to listen to by an Australian artist. I know that you guys love artists from down under. Well, I presume you do because you listen to me speak every other week, right? (laughs) So today we are speaking to a musician named Nathan Plumridge. Now, fun fact about Nath, we actually grew up in the same town. We come from a city called Geelong, which is by the beach. It's an hour from Melbourne. So I normally tell people I'm from Melbourne because they recognize that. But really, I'm from Geelong. Geelong. I don't know how an American would say that, but here we are. Nath and I grew up in different churches But you know, in like church circles, how everyone sort of knows someone who knows someone. So we've known each other for years in that, in that capacity. I knew that Nath was a great songwriter and he recently released a single. Um, Now this single, Lost for Words, Hallelujah, is beautiful, but it actually tells his story uh, about what faith and loss has looked like in the last year because Nath um, lost his mum to, to a really rare form of cancer. Uh, now, I actually, I knew Nath's mum. I worked with her for a little while. So hearing this song and having the chance to have Nath share it with us is something really special. Beyond that, though, beyond that one song and a story that deserves to be heard, Nath has actually been part of the Australian Christian music scene for over a decade. 
So Nate's the same age as me, uh, but he came on as a touring musician with the band Compliments of Gus. Now, anyone in Australia who has been to our Christian music festivals, RIP, there are none left in existence as far as I'm aware, um, they would have seen Compliments of Gus. It's all over Christian Australian radio, uh, and Nate was brought on as a touring musician, and then when the band disbanded, he started doing his own solo work. So what you are going to hear today is the sound of a musician who has done lots of the hard yards. His music has been on radio across Australia, um, and it's time that he has heard even more overseas. So I think that you guys are going to love Nate. Now, before we get to this interview and you hear some of his music, an FYI for new friends of the show, you are about to hear a bio. It's the who, what, when, where, why of Nathan Plumridge, the musician. It gives you a bit of background on who this guy is, why I'm talking to him, and how we sort of know each other. Then we're going to jump straight into our conversation, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Rock worship musician Nathan Plumridge believes in telling honest stories. Straddling the line between heartache and hope, he's performed with some of Australia's most beloved Christian music acts. Best known for his time as lead guitarist with acclaimed Aussie band Compliments of Gus, since 2010, he's developed a reputation as a hardworking and consistent artist, blazing a trail as an independent soloist and splitting his time between Melbourne and Nashville. With more than 136,000 streams across platforms of his combined music, he has performed at some of the country's biggest music festivals, sharing stages with the likes of Switchfoot at Easterfest and opening for number one artists evermore. Nathan hails from the seaside town of Geelong, aka my hometown. This is in Australia's southeast, just an hour from Melbourne. Now, Nate has been a musician his whole life. He picked up the guitar and piano from a young age, developed a love for worship and creating, and actually followed in the footsteps of his mother, who toured across Australia in her youth as a member of a family band. Plugged into his local church, Nathan rose to become a prominent worship leader, and it was through this that he actually met Justin Michael Gall and Jared Hashik, members of the beloved Aussie Christian band Compliments of Gus. Now, by the age of 20, Nathan had proved his chops to the group, who had been touring the country since 1997, and Nathan became the touring bass player. By 2011, he was officially a member of the band, taking up lead guitar. This was the perfect timing for Nathan. He was part of the 2011 release, Collected, otherwise known as The Tide and Other Stories, and this album included their hit Meteors, which played on radio stations across the country. Trust me when I say this was on non-stop. I had my driver's license, was driving around in my car, and I heard this all the time on our local Christian radio station. This momentum paved the way for Compliments of Gus' next album, which Nathan was of course a part of. Called The Black and White of It, it came out in 2013 and was followed by a deluxe edition the following year. This also signaled the band's end after 17 years on tour. Now, during this time, Nathan earned his degree as a primary school teacher and he began to teach, but his passion for music stayed strong. And after a few solo gigs and a collaboration with Imogen Bruff, his first single titled Step by Step, a duet with Deb Taylor, dropped in 2017. A follow-up duet with Deb followed, and in 2018, we saw Nathan emerge on his own. He released the original tune, Love Like This, which he actually penned and recorded for his brother and late sister-in-law for their wedding. This single was received well, and he headed into the studio to form his own EP. Honing in on his worship sensibilities, his upbeat lead single, Freedom, received airplay across the country, reaching the top 100 of the TCM Top 100 chart for 2019. And by the time his full EP, Sustainer, was released later that year, it was clear that Nathan was an artist on the rise. Unafraid to tackle his own grief, and encapsulating sensibilities of Henry Seely and his Gus roots, his songs became a safe haven for those in the church experiencing profound pain. The release of the EP saw him tour with the band Sons of Cora, and he would develop key relationships with musicians in Nashville as he began traveling to and from, resulting in a remix version of his song Freedom by Jai with them. Now, following up with the individual single Digital Age, when COVID-19 hit, Nathan buckled down and poured out more singles for Aussie Radio. Only Hope, Bows and Arrows and Mystery followed, showing a side to Nathan that was less in the worship genre and more reflected the rock and roll and heartfelt lyricism of John Foreman and Switchfoot. 
Nathan continued his rapid turnaround all through 2021 as the world found its feet again and he released a duet with Geelong based singer Anna Waters for the track Plenty of Time. However, after years of churning out new tunes, 2022 signalled a halt for Nathan Plumridge and his music. Impacted by the realities of the pandemic and navigating transitions in his own life, he put pen to paper again at the end of the year after the sudden loss of his mum to a rare form of cancer. It resulted in a cathartic and surprisingly hope-filled single titled Lost for Words Hallelujah and heralded in a new season for Nathan Plumridge, where deep pain and a surrender to the unknown but good path of God is cultivating songs of profound faith. I spoke to Nathan Plumridge about growing up in small town Geelong, why he believes God is still good, and what it means to let go of your preferred path of God's promise so you can trust that he has something better for you. Friends, this is Nathan Plumridge. Nathan Plumridge, welcome finally to the Between You and Me podcast. Thank you, Jess. It's so good to be here. Yes. Honoured. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I feel right at home because you have the Nashville Base Pro Shop hat and that just makes me homesick for Nashville. So thank you. Much appreciated. It does. I know. It's like there's a lot of these rocking around. I've got, I'm just looking at another two here in the background, another one on the wall. Like I've just got so many. So it's just good little reminders of good old Nash. <laughs> do, you, do you have a Tennessee flag in your new place though? That's the question. Because that seems to be the most iconic Nashville thing you could ever have. True. Very iconic. But no, I've only just got a little Aussie flag. That's it. That's all I got. Mm, even I don't have an Aussie flag. Now, we'll see. I, do have a, <laughs> I, do, I do have a I believe in Nashville t-shirt. Which oh they're cool the security yeah. airport security at the airport definitely laughed at me it was just screen tourists so <laughs> big time big yeah. time um, so as I said I'm so excited to have you here today you are in are you in Brisbane at the moment fill me in whereabouts in Queensland do you live good question yeah so I'm in Redcliffe uh, Redcliffe Beach so basically if you uh, you go Brisbane and then you go up to Sunshine Coast. I'm like smack bang in the middle of the two in nice. a bit of a sleepy town called Redcliffe. So I live one, one street from the beach now and people say I'm like an, an old man in a young man's body living here because it's like a bit sleepy, bit bit chilled out, um, but just me to a T. I love it. That's so good. And how many months have you been there now? One. One. Nice. One and a bit. Yeah, that's it. Nicely done. That's so good. Early so- days. Yeah, so I, I've talked. People listening will be like, "Why is Jessica talking to Nathan like she knows him?" Because we sort of know each other. We True. like we lived. We've lived in the same town for most of our lives. Gone to different churches, but sort of been in similar circles. So this is like a oh, this is really cool. I get to actually get to know you for starters. That's a great start. Um, but I'm excited because. Even though I'm Australian, obviously, people don't hear a lot from Australian artists on the podcast because there's not a huge, huge amount of Christian music in Australia unless you're Hillsong. So <laughs> um, you are a Christian music artist. But before we get into that, for everyone who is just now meeting you, who is Nathan Plumridge? Well, there we go. Good question. I do want to start actually by thanking and honouring you, Jess, for uh, your hard and tireless work over the years in the Christian scene. It's obviously uh, not even that glamorous being the artist, but for someone to be behind the scenes, I uh, yeah have a lot of uh, praise for you. So well done there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we have grown up in in Geelong, and I was born and bred there as, as well, and um, definitely knew of the, the Morris girls uh, from a distance. And um, so, who is Nathan Plumridge? Well, I'm a Whew, I'm a I'm an overthinking musician who loves fitness and nutrition um, and early nights. There we go. That's 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 it in a nutshell, you know. And I love the Lord, so we go there. <laughs> Just tack it on the end. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Summer on the horizon. Darkness fades to grey You know I've been trying Just to make it through each day It's been a long time coming but you somehow 
as I was saying, Christian music, as we know, exists in Australia. Ironically, some of the biggest Christian bands come from Australia. But it looks a bit different to what it looks like in the US. And I know that you know that because you've lived in Nashville and sort of lived between countries for a little while. Um, Can you tell me how you stepped into music and Christian music specifically? Why did you choose this path for yourself? Yeah, yeah. So it kind of fell upon me when I was I was 17 I got a phone call it was one summer and from this guy Jared Hashek he is the keyboard player of Compliments of Gus and uh he said oh look we we know you play music and I went to church with Justin the lead singer of Compliments and and they said hey look Beck our bass player has broken her arm we're we're going up to Brisbane from Melbourne and we're supporting Casting Crowns Uh, it's like a 1500 people show uh, would you like to come and play bass for the weekend? We'll, you know, we'll cover all costs and everything and um, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'll do that. So I played for that gig and it was just so cool. And then I loved the guys and everything and they just kept calling me back um, until Beck had recovered and she came back into the band on bass and they ended up just throwing me on a second guitar and the rest was history to, to joining the band of Compliments of Gus. And that was a real... That was the, the sort of the birthing of, of my exposure to the Christian scene. So going to the AGMF or Easter Fest Festival, Black Stump and all, Forest Edge, all, all the festivals. And um, and then since compliments kind of hung up the boots and everyone's moved overseas and blah, 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 I, I have always been writing and, and been super involved in church. Uh, so we worship stuff, but also writing my own stuff on the side. And I always felt there was a place for my solo songs and that's kind of why I've made this Nathan Plumridge music thing is just it's more just an outlet for me to just play songs that, that are on my heart. But also um, it seems there are a few people that are enjoying it as well. So it's it's working well. Yeah, absolutely. So you write your own personal music, but I also know that when you have, when you've been in churches, you've been in music ministry, a worship leader. Um, do you see your music as a conduit for like worship genre music or is it sort of like a sidestep what does that look like for you yeah that's where it's a bit of a blurred line so obviously when it's church it's I'm, I'm focused on the the worship and, and just serving on team and if we're writing for church then it's, it's just specific worship my ep called sustainer that i did has more of a worship flavor to it but some of my more recent songs are a bit more switchfoot-esque uh so a little bit more that. personal Yep. Yeah, and in fact, there they are in the background. <laughs> I'm a big, big diehard fan, yep. and um, yeah, so I really love the way that they can speak hope of the gospel without it being so in your face um, gospel. So I, I kind of like that space as well. We can sort of use some different lyrics that you wouldn't be able to use in church, and um, and still, you know, say the same message. So that's kind of where my songs fit in a bit of a different pocket. Yeah, no, I love that. That's my favourite kind of Christian music. Um, and I, I picked up some of some of that when I was listening to your latest single. There was a few, oh, I wish I, I wrote them down so I could quote them back to you because I really, they're beautiful and I really appreciated them. I was like, that reminds me of John Foreman, um, who's uh, my, my favourite lyricist. So I love that. I get it and respect it so much. So, Nate, your latest single is Lost for Words, Hallelujah. I know it's an incredibly personal song. Can you tell me about it? Yes, this song has quite a story behind it. Um, so last year, I mean, it was just only probably seven, eight months ago, my mum, uh, we lost her to brain cancer quite suddenly um, in the space of, you know, she went from 100 to zero in about two months kind of thing. And mum was like so up and about, healthy, and um yeah and then um yeah we thought it was some sort of brain infection that kind of thing and long long story short we we found out that it was incredibly rare you know probable brain cancer that, that took mum and, and she was the most oh godly lovely woman like I just you know the most inspiring person to me and um one of my best friends you would say and so I was reading the book of Job and in the book of Job there's a lot of talk about loss and um and this was right at the same time that uh, um we lost mum and and there's some incredible words there of um you know the lord gives and the lord takes away but may the name of the lord be praised and you know from the dust we come and 
to the dust will go and um, these kind of lyrics and, and these kind of words. And, and I was just like, it was just singing my story at the time. Yet I had this incredible piece that God is to be praised here. And it, um, yeah, it was the most strong sense of peace that I had that hallelujah was actually the right word to sing. Um, a bit like the Leonard Cohen hallelujah, you know, the broken hallelujah. And so I, I hit up my friend, <clears throat> again, Jared Hasek from Compliments, and I said, man, I've got this concept and you obviously know my story and I've, I've sort of walked that journey. And and I said, I want to put this in words, this idea of I'm going to praise God even when it, you know, my guts are being ripped out kind of thing. And um, and that's where this song was birthed from. So when people see the title and they hear that story before they've heard the song, they, they're expecting a really a slow emotional piano ballad or something, but it is actually quite rocking um it's got a bit of energy to it and and some pretty honest lyrics as well so that's kind of the i rolled the dice came up short all these efforts came to naught and i was left an empty shell it felt like on earth as it is in hell experienced a profound amount of loss and pain in the last five years it's fascinating to me you still one you chose to lean into God which is not always easy um, but you you chose hallelujah do you still believe that God is good and how after all of this yeah yeah so um to give some more context to sort of what you were saying there is um, not only did we lose mum last year, it was a few years before that we lost my my brother's wife at, at 31 years old to breast cancer. So and she was like one of, my, one of my best mates and we were friends before she even met um, my brother. We went to uni together and teaching together and stuff. And so I was like, man, this is like full, full on stuff. And um, yeah, but I don't know, I just feel like that I just have this overwhelming sense that God is still good and it's not, there's never his plan that this stuff happens. And um, but who are we to try and manipulate his plans? And um, yeah, yeah, to try and to try and pray our way into things. Like it was just the most peaceful, the way we got to say goodbye to mum was just the most beautiful thing because um, my, my pastor actually said to me, you know, we were debating the whole theology around the prayer and the healing and all this sort of stuff. And and my dad said it so well. He just said, we've seen God heal in the past. We've seen God do incredible things. We absolutely believe he can do it. And that's what we're praying for. We don't want to lose Kaz. But at the same point, if it's his will that she goes, then that is our prayer as well, um, that he take her and, and, and do so in the most humane way possible. And that's what ended up happening. And my pastor said, you know, now is not the time to go to war. Now is the time to surrender. And I had that written in my kitchen. I read it every morning and night. Now is not the time to go to war. Now is the time to surrender and, and find peace in it because it was so obviously clear that God just wanted to take her, like the way it happened and how fast it was. But it was the most peaceful thing and I could honestly say, hallelujah, God is good. Being absolutely broken in tears, you know, I lost my mum my and my sister-in-law but, yeah, I don't know. God just be praised. Like, it, yeah, it's, I can't even put words to it. It's yeah. um, pretty surreal. Yeah. Are you tired of the cover up? Shutting out the world with fabric smiles. Afraid to show how it really is Behind your every brave face You're slowly dying Sometimes you gotta go alone 
So, Nath, as you mentioned, you recently moved to Queensland, uh, which yes. is very, very exciting. And it happens like in the new year, but also after what we just talked about, a lot of chaos. Why did you make the choice to move to Queensland, apart from the fact that it's beautiful and sunny, um, which is a good enough reason, but why did you choose Queensland? Sure. So I had a couple of hard years, uh, obviously around everything that happened last year, but just um, even just health stuff, mental health, it's just been pretty crazy. Uh, and then you throw COVID in the mix and all the, all the stuff. And we had a really cold winter in Melbourne last year and it, it just doesn't agree with me health-wise, uh, just not good in the cold. So even when mum was well, like at the start of the year, I'd visited. So I've got some friends up here in this this Moreton Bay kind of region and um, some really good friends from years ago that have moved up but also some that live here. Um, and as compliments of Gus, we actually played at a school here called Mueller College about 12 years ago. And it's funny, I'm now actually that's one of the schools that I work at. Uh, I've just picked up a, a contract next term to, to do a, a full-time teaching and I'm working with some of their worship bands and stuff in in um, in Redcliffe here. So there were some contacts I had up here and obviously weather, that kind of thing. But people do ask me, oh, do you feel cold up here and all, all the, the spiritual kind of questions. And it's a funny journey because I actually felt in a sense of calling and all that kind of stuff. I, I was pushing hard for Nashville I was like I feel like I'm supposed to be there all this kind of stuff and it was like closed door after closed door I tried everything you know from visas to um to immigration lawyers praying my praying my socks off you know just the whole works and in the end it was like again my with my pastor's guidance he sort of said maybe maybe you were chasing a bit of an emotional thing there and um and who knows it could be something in the future but I actually feel like God protected me from a lot by not allowing that to open to the point now where I'm like, actually, even if someone said, here's like five grand, go do a trip, I'd be like, yeah, I could probably find other uses for that. So long story short, I just really needed change. I loved Geelong so much. I love the people. I love everything down there, probably apart from the weather. But I was like, it was just starting to grow a bit stale. So it was really just a personal thing, just need to come up need to just meet some new people and my thought was aim it a year see how it goes then reassess so that's kind of where I'm at and I'm really enjoying just the adventure of it and not expecting too much just it's just normal life but in a different place and yeah so yeah I um I resonate with your story so much because our our sort of our stories with Nashville have been separate but we've both had that connection I'm pretty sure Okay, pre-COVID, we were both in Nashville at the same time at the Belonging Co conference. Yeah, we had lunch that day. Yeah. Yeah, with my sister. Um, And it was just like random things like that. So with the the trying to get there, the doing everything reasonable, working your butt off, praying, and then just closed door, I I know how gut-wrenching and disappointing that is. Um, Which is also why I think I mentioned this to you when we were talking about the interview and emailing about it, um, I have so much respect for the fact that you've chosen to make this move to Queensland. Like you are actively, you're holding your future open handily, but you're putting down roots. And when, yep. I don't know, in my experience, when God, you feel like God has promised you something or you're not quite sure what, it, like putting down roots where it's not what you thought the promise was is often like the most sacrificial, painful thing you can do. Um in my perspective. So I I just have so much great respect for how brave you are being. Um, because it, I, do, I do have a couple of thoughts on that actually. Um, just in, I think I read this fantastic book from a mentor gave it to me from Gary Friesen. It's called De- Decision Making and the Will of God and it talks about as this kind of old theology of like you've got to find the dot, the find the thing, um, whereas this book is talking more about there's this moral will of God and and God gives us wisdom to choose within that um, as to, you know, just use your, use your brain as well. Uh, you know, he's like, I've given you options here, um, that kind of thing. So that's a, I found that to be less anxiety-inducing rather than trying to chase the, the one thing, and um, that's been really good. And, and I get this picture of, like, we need to be ships that are moving in order for God to be the rudder that steers because a ship that's not moving cannot be steered. And, and that's just the best feature I feel. It's like even if 
I don't end up up here for very long. I feel like I've been a ship that's moving um, and I'm still praying. I'm going, God, just use me here, like whatever I'm supposed to be doing in the everyday stuff, not even the big stuff. I'm not expecting the big stuff. It's the little things um, and just just steer the ship. And it's, it's like so much cooler. So, so cool. Yeah. yeah. Until the day comes, God is our Talk a little bit more about the whole God's purpose for your life and figuring out like is it the one thing or is there a bit of room there? Can you tell me about your journey? When when did you start feeling like Nashville was a home for you or a place for you? Um, and how did it impact your face when you were doing everything right and still those doors weren't opening? So I was attracted firstly to Nashville, not really for Nashville's sake or songwriting or music or anything. It was actually because of the belonging church. This is when they were early days. Uh, the pastors, Henry and Alex Seeley, came from Planet Shakers in Melbourne, same town we were in. And Henry's been my, uh, you know, well, well above Switchfoot and anyone. He's my biggest inspiration ever in terms of a, uh, a worship leader and musician songwriter. And I've always looked up to him. And people are like, man, he's not even that famous or anything. But, like, my big thing was, like, if I could have an hour with Henry, I'm, I'm, I could die happy. And I actually did get to do that in Nashville, which was pretty amazing. Um, but that's what drew me over there. I wanted to see what was going on because it was early days for this church that they'd started up and uh, and the church has just exploded since then and it's a quite, a, quite a large church now. And that's what drew me there. So really the songwriting and all the other stuff was just kind of like a, a way to justified keep going back kind of thing and I, I didn't necessarily live there it was sort of a, a month at a time um kind of trip so for about four years uh, I was sort of going back and forth and and whether or not I actually felt like I was called there it was probably more about I just man this place is just amazing there was I really uh felt um yeah just touched by God and encouraged and and the people I was meeting and I was like this is just a hype of activity in terms of songwriting too and it was just so so cool and I just wanted to be there really and yeah and then that, that's kind of the draw card so then yeah disappointments along the way of just trying to make it happen or feeling like I'm supposed to be chasing this and it's just not working out that kind of stuff um but as time's gone on I'm actually as I said I I got to this one trip I was the week before I was to leave everything booked ready to rock and roll literally a week to go and I'm packing the bags and COVID is was just starting to really heat up and I I'm talking, I'm talking to mum and dad going, I was still living with them at the time and I'm going, should I even pack my bags? And I'm reading the, um, the travel advice emails and they're saying, yeah, that's no, no, still good. And, and Jared Hashik was going over at the same time and we we're both like, are we going? Are we not? And in the end I had to pull the pin and it was like this weight came off my shoulders that the trip didn't happen. And I was like, you know what? I think that, that pushing, that striving, all that, is actually it's just warm me out and I don't even want it. Like if it's if it's in that pocket of like pushing, 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 then nah, someone else can have it. Like it's not what it's about. And if it's meant to be one day, then God's got to provide a way for that to happen naturally and organically. And and um, and that's what that that hour with Henry Silly, he was pretty pretty much sort of saying like, if God wants you here, then He's going to make a way, like He did for them. And and yeah, not to kind of push and, and chase anything. So this is not a walk in the park. This is a war 
I fight through the darkness This is not a walk in the park This is not against flesh and blood This is a war of heavenly places This is not against flesh and blood What is on the horizon for you now, music-wise? I know that you have been working on your music, but I also know that you're currently crowdfunding to continue to work on your music. So fill everybody in so that they can continue to support you. Yeah, love it, love it. It's a funny, not a crossroads, but just kind of like a look around, reassess. What am I doing? What am I investing my energy into? And is it bearing fruit kind of a, um, <laughs> a moment, you know? So I moved up here and had a few weeks off and I'm like, man, I need some, need some money soon. Like hopefully, cause I do casual teaching and, um, and thankfully the, the schools have started calling in now, but, uh, I was just like, man, i my laptops it is actually 10 years old and needs an upgrade. You know, it's sort of hitting this system overload. So I'm recording vocals and I get halfway through a take and bang, it freezes and I have to just hope again that it will just, just get through the take, you know, before it does a system overload. And cause it's hot up here too. It just, it's double trouble for this poor little Mac that I'm working on. So I asked a lot of wise people around me in the, in the music industry. I'm like, is this dodgy to ask for money? Like I hate doing this, but reality is like I need, it's probably like five, six grand to yeah. buy a decent Apple. Um, so use logic and blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, no, I don't know. I feel like this is a good thing. Cause you've got a specific thing that you're sort of crowdfunding for. So I have sort of done this Kickstarter thing, which finishes in basically Easter time. So we're on about two and a half grand out of six and a half. Yeah, we, we can do that, team. Yeah. Speaking to we the wider world, team. come on, we can do yeah. that. Yeah. So it would be lovely because literally I earn pretty much nothing off off the music. You know, a royalty comes in and it's no joke, two dollars thirty here and there, a dollar eighty kind of vibe you know, a quarter. <laughs> um, yeah, I occasionally, had 10,000 plays and I got nothing yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And then occasionally you get like an app or payment, which is about the same or a Spotify thing. And so, I mean, when, when a song might cost you in time and money, you're like two grand to make, literally, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to kind of just or make that happen off just yeah. your own money. I'm like, I need to eat and live and, you know, enjoy life myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that kind of the crossroads of like, what, what am I investing in? Mm-hmm. So it's been nice to hear people saying we're behind you, and they've been um, pledging money towards this. But I also wonder, in terms of there's there's some great churches up here that I've already started connecting with in terms of just serving uh, on on their worship teams, which I've always kept as an important thing. Um, but also this school, this Miller College, they're very big on. They have a worship band for their their kids, and they they do a chapel every week. And they actually they go on tour at other schools. Like it's pretty, they're pretty full oh. on with it. Um, so I'm just getting a feel for where they're at, and uh, it seems like there's some real scope to train up the next next gen um, with, that. with that kind of stuff. So again, I'm just saying, God, use me here where I am now, and I want to be, um, yeah, yeah, fruitful in that, yeah. I'll make sure that we include the link in the show notes so that everyone Thank can you. listen to your music but also go and support you. Apart from those questions, I do have a handful of hopefully lighter questions for you um, that I just had no other place to ask them. I'm curious about or when you have fans, because you do have fans, they may randomly ask you on the street. So Ooh, here we go. Let's see how we go. One. What is your favourite Switchfoot song of all time? Oh, what a question. Boom. I know. One, one I find myself going to a lot is Souvenirs, actually. 
which is not one of their biggest songs. Souvenirs or Vice Versas, uh, man, they they just get me every time. So I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not even going to overthink that one. Yeah, that was was brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) Go Souvenirs. did, Did you see Switchfoot when they came to town? I've seen them about eight times, but I saw them in Brisbane just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay. Um, um, but, yes, so you guys saw them in Melbourne. I saw yes, them in Brisbane. Yes, we saw them in Melbourne. Before. I forgot yeah. what it was like to stand in a club, and I was like, why is everyone yes. so cool in front of me? Oh, wait, we don't do seating here. This is actual just live music. <laughs> but it was it's brilliant. Like a rock and roll gig. What are they? <laughs> I loved it. It was so great. Um, so okay, number two. What is the funniest moment you've ever had on stage? And you could be worship leading, you could be performing, playing with compliments of Gus. What comes to mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a clear one. We were doing an Easter Fest show. So this is the festival in Toowoomba up in Queensland. And this is with compliments of Gus. And we had, it was like an 11.30 spot on the last night. And it had just been like pelting rain and everyone was just exhausted on the last night. And it was an acoustic stage. So it was just kind of like maybe 20 people, 30 people come and watch. And the set was maybe, let's call it like a 20-minute set. You only get short sets on these festivals. And Justin and Jared were were just in the stupidest mood. And it got, basically, it was 20 minutes of talking. We didn't actually (laughs) play a song. Or maybe like one, maybe a song. It was like that to that point. And it was the funniest thing. So someone actually, if you can YouTube it. Yes. Someone actually filmed our show and edited out all any music that we sort of played and just kept the jokes and there's just a 12-minute YouTube video of jokes. I'm um, finding this and sharing it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, legit highlight, a genuine highlight. So, um, yeah, okay. that's why people people always love the Confidence of Gus shows because of that kind of banter. Like it was so funny. That's yeah. hilarious. Oh, gosh. Okay, my last question for you. You can take this any way you like, and it could be serious, it could be funny, you're cool. But if you, if you could go back in time to see 13-year-old Nathan, what would you say to him, knowing what you know now? Ooh, yeah, I would say one step at a time. One step at a time, Yep. That was an encouragement my mum always said to me, She, whether it was just in life, I think big picture way too much and and get overwhelmed by the big stuff. And she'll say, Nath, think about when you're on that guitar. That's when you're most at peace. Do you look at the whole sheet music or do you just play quarter at a time? No, I play quarter at a time, mum. She goes, one step at a time. And I've needed that to this day, so, yeah. A little puzzle piece. I play my part in this A purpose far beyond my own Baby steps I take As giant chains awakes I show the world what you have grown It's why I'm in it for the long run good was that? I had some challenging questions written down and Nath wasn't afraid to go there and share. Um, and it felt like I always use the word privilege, but there was an extra element with this conversation because 
in some cases, like with a normal press cycle, when an artist speaks to me, there's a whole ocean in, <laughs> in between us. Um, and there's a sense that we may, like if we, we may run into each other at some point, but but not really. Like I'm the journalist and the musician. There's that divide there, right? With Nathan, there was an added element of that because, yeah, I'm a journalist and he's the muso, but we both have mutual friends. We know each other. We know each other's churches quite well. Um, we can't really, in the sense of like, whenever we both come home, we'll probably bump into each other. And so there's a level of um, trust there that I really value and appreciate. Um, that's what to say Nath hasn't shared some of these stories in previous interviews. I know he's quite vulnerable in other interviews too, but I just really want to say thank you, Nathan, for allowing me and allowing us into your story in this way. It's one thing to do a radio interview. It's another to do an hour-long podcast and to open up to people who already know characters in your story. So thank you. Friends, we've got a few things that we need to do. One, you need to go find Nathan Plumridge on social media and say hi. You'll find him on Instagram at Plum. Yes, that's very Australian and you do want to go follow him. You are looking at at N-A-T-H-P-L-U-M. Now, you can also go by, stream his latest single, Lost for Words, Hallelujah, wherever good music is sold or streams. All those links are in the show notes. Now, as we we're talking about, Nathan needs a new computer. And I know that a lot of you musicians will get that. <laughs> Struggling musicians, you will get that. So if you have some spare change that you can give Nath to support him in making some new music, would you please go to his Kickstarter and back him so that he can get this new computer that he desperately needs after 10 years? How did his old Mac last for 10 years? Surely it went past the graveyard status. It must be some sort of miracle. The link is in the show notes, but you can go to linktree, the tr.ee forward slash Nathan Plumridge music and all the links to his socials, to music and to that Kickstarter are in his linktree. As I said, the direct link will be in our show notes. So feel free to click right on there. We'll also be tagging Nathan in all our social media posts in the next week to do with this. So you can also follow him and find him that way. That is it for another really special episode. Always wonderful to rep my home country. Loving that. Um, and loving that in the next few weeks, we have some incredible stories coming up. We're going to be talking about depression and what it looks like to have depression in church ministry. Uh, we also have discussions with Sarah Kroger coming up, as well as some really cool upcoming artists who are really committed to authenticity and storytelling. One who even is about to release an EP called Between You and Me, randomly. So, you know, there's a lot we could talk about there. I've listened to all their music. Uh, I'm very excited for you to hear this. So please make sure that you go and press subscribe in Apple Podcasts, all your podcast platforms, and make sure you go rate us. Give us a star rating because people can find us. Thank you so much. Now, that's all, as I said, for this week. You can find us on social media at Between You Me Pod. We are on Instagram and we are on Facebook at Between You and Me Podcast. You will also find us on the interwebs at, are you ready? Between You and Me Pod.com. It's just like the name of the podcast, but we say pod instead of podcast to pretending that like four less letters helps. Just ride that one out with us, okay? You can find us on there. There's links to our merch, links to old episodes, show notes, even some transcripts. There's a lot there. It's a lot of fun. I would love for you to visit it and dive into some of our old episodes, especially if you are newer to the show. This is episode 138. We started with Crowder. We've covered a lot of ground through the pandemic and post-pandemic, if we called it that. So there is something for you here that I would love you to hear. That rhymes unintentionally. Typical Jessica. That's all for this week, friends. Please make sure you have subscribed and I will see you next Friday for another excellent episode with an incredible band. My name is Jessica Morris. 
He's the heart. Sometimes it feels just like you're caught inside a moment. Not really moving, but you're going through the motions. Trying so hard to find the meaning as your days roll by. I know it sounds impossible, but we're living in a miracle. Yeah. The more you look, the more you know that we are not alone when you see love. up the night the proof the clarity that opens up our eyes it's all around and inside of you and i i know it sounds impossible but it's actually a miracle when you see love And it's living inside you All creation testifies it The more you seek, the more you find that love Love, healing broken hearts You see chains fall apart You see hope rise from the dark It's so much more than ordinary It's nothing less than extraordinary, no It's the fingerprints of God than extraordinary no and it's who we are the fingerprints of god